0: Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another leader in the lacrosse world, the only defender to ever win the most prestigious award in college lacrosse, the Tewarton Award, and someone who I'm grateful to look up to for leading the way. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people I have met through my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. If you're loving our episodes so far, show us some love in the reviews and rate us five stars. Also, be sure to S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E, subscribe. It would mean the world to us. All right, we've got another really special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. Rachel DiCieco is a legend in the game of lacrosse, known for her unbeknownst talent on the field as a defender for the two-time national champion Princeton Tigers in 2002 and 2003, playing for the USA national team in 2005, and now spearheading the future of the game with her time previously helping to start the WPLL, and now with her role as head of the PLL Academy. She is someone I'm grateful to have crossed paths with through the opportunities that amazing women like herself have provided women like myself in the professional lacrosse world. The opportunity to play, the opportunity to travel the world to Japan alongside her, the opportunity to see bigger, better, and higher heights for the women's game and ultimately work our butts off to make sure that we get there together. Throughout this episode, Rachel and I touch on what the game means to us what it takes to play at the highest level, some of the pieces of wisdom that she's taken from coach Chris Saylor, her father, and other mentors in her life. We talk about her four amazing kids, the inspiring work she's doing to connect the world's best lacrosse players with the future studs of the game, and I thank her for all that she does to inspire me about 97 times throughout this episode. So, Rachel, thank you, and I hope you all enjoy. Let's get into it welcome everybody to another dream on episode I'm um, super excited about this one I um, you know I'm, I'm really really grateful for this one as well um, Rachel Decheco is our guest tonight um, and someone that I've looked up to in the lacrosse world for a long time now um, not only as a player but just as a leader in our sport so um, someone I'm very grateful to have met through our sport uh, I think that's something that a lot of us, in the ko 17 lacrosse family and also just in the lacrosse world in general are kind of just really grateful for the fact that our lacrosse world is so small and we meet people that we never thought we would meet and i'm excited to you know dive into that a little bit on this tonight's episode and um just kind of get to get all of our listeners to know how awesome rachel is so um welcome again and rachel thank you so much for being here tonight i'm super excited to be here thanks so much for having me this will be fun Yes, we always have fun. Um, We like to laugh, that's for sure. We do. Uh, (laughs) All right, so for our listeners, for those of us who don't know who Rachel is, um, how could you not, first of all? Second of all, um, (laughs) (laughs) Rachel is, uh, right now she is the head of the PLL Academy. Um, She also helped launch the WPLL in 2017 as a senior vice president. She also ran the WPLL Foundation, um, obviously, so me playing at the WPLL. PLL. We had a lot of connections there, and she helped me through a lot of different opportunities there. Um, as a player, Rachel played at Princeton. She won two national championships. Um, she was a Towarton Award winner as the only defender to ever do so on the men's or women's side. Um, I am going to dive into that. I'm sorry. I know you're <laughs> but we're going to dive into it tonight. Um, she is a three-time All-American, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. She was in the Team USA World Championship, inducted into the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame in 2019. Um, You know, all the things, all the accolades, all the lists, and so well-deserved. But overall, just an awesome human. Um, And again, I can't reiterate this enough, someone I'm really, really grateful to have met. So um, I know I'm listing off a whole bunch of things that make you want to hide your face, Rachel, but (laughs) (laughs) i was so proud of them, and I am just proud to know you, so... Thank you again for being here, and I'm excited to kind of dive into all that makes you you. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. So here on Dream On, we like to go off to a good start. Um, so three things that before we dive into just kind of like all lax talk all the time, um, we kind of like to dive a little bit deeper and um, get a little grateful, show a little gratitude. So first and foremost, what is something that you are thankful for today?
1: Oh two things uh one that my kids are back in school full time, uh, which has been a year in the making uh they're happier, we're happier, super grateful for that and um we just right before this call um we just had one of our p l l team happy hours we did a saint patty's day themed scavenger hunt um and being remote from everybody has been obviously tough, uh so we get together routinely as a as an organization and try and have some fun so Um, We just had a blast uh, as a group doing that earlier today. So grateful for both of those things.
0: What does a scavenger hunt consist of? What did you have to look for?
1: So we had 40 items. Um, So you have like, you go into breakout rooms and tonight's scavenger hunt was um, obviously St. Patty's Day themed. So it was like green cup, uh, a horseshoe, a lucky charm. Um, We had a top hat and there was 40 things. So we had four teams, you had 25 minutes. Whoever got the most items in 25 minutes won. My team actually won, which was fabulous. Um, we had a ringer that had almost all the items. So oh my God. Um, it was a, it's just really, it's just a fun way. Like it's hard to build those connections when you're not being like able to sit down with people and have conversations or be together. So uh, we've tried hard to create opportunities for, for like connection outside of our day-to-day since we're all Zooming so much at this point. Um, but it was a lot of fun and everybody unsurprisingly is super competitive. So everyone's I- into it. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I can imagine that being probably one of the most competitive Zoom calls. Um,
1: <laughs> <even on. laughs> it's taken pretty seriously, all in good fun, but everybody wants to win.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, well, congratulations on the win. Yet another Thank week you. for your squad. I love it. Add it awesome. to the resume. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> I'm going I'm to do it on your next uh, intro. I'm going to have to add that. Perfect. Um, so I guess this kind of goes into our next part of that, uh, something that you're proud to say that you accomplished today.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I got a great Peloton workout done this morning. Uh, I, Allie Love is Mm -hmm. incredible. One of my, I just sort of heroes. I love riding with her. Um, so I got a a good Allie Love riding this morning, which is always a great way to start my day.
0: Definitely. Are you a morning rider or a nighttime rider? A morning.
1: If, if I don't work out like within the first 90 minutes of being awake, I probably won't do it. So I'm like a get up, get out of bed, get on the bike and check it off the list, uh, type thing. So First thing in the morning is when I like to exercise for sure.
0: Good for you. I love Allie Love too. She's always a good motivator. Um, yeah. All right. So something, let's look a little bit farther into the future. It could be tomorrow. It could be in the next coming weeks, next coming year, something that you're pumped
1: to go out and chase. Well, I'm, I'm excited to do my job um, in when COVID, you know, we're not out of the woods by any means, but um I joined the PLL March 2nd last year and then COVID hit. So I've been operating uh, our business with the team in a in a pretty intense, scary place. So I'm excited about, um, you know, a post-COVID world when we can be with more kids, run more events and just be together more. So um, I'm starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel uh, for us and excited to kind of like put, put all the pieces together that we've been building for the last year and get out and uh, crush it.
0: Yeah, I can't wait either. I mean, light at the end of the tunnel, you put it perfectly. Um, I think we're all starting to get that itch, especially as the weather's getting warmer. Mm -hmm. I mean, not not here, but um, we'll get there eventually. (laughs) Good old East Coast lacrosse season, right? Yeah, this is
1: fake spring on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, we got about three days last week and then (laughs) no again last night. (laughs) Yep. Love it. Um, all right. So as mentioned, we're going to get right into it, but obviously a pretty stacked list of accolades there. Um, I'm just going to come right out and ask what are, what's one or a few of them that you are most proud of?
1: I mean, the national championships for sure. I think, um, obviously cross is a team sport and like working towards a goal with people that you love and accomplishing it is, it's pretty indescribable. um, I think individually the Tawartan was uh, pretty special. It came, um, the Tawartan ceremony came off the heels of our graduation. So my whole class, we sort of caravaned down together to DC. Um, so that night um, we had just graduated, like we just won a national championship and then we got to celebrate uh, in DC together. So that moment um, with my whole class was, was pretty amazing. And I think that made, um, that makes that award pretty special to me.
0: I think that's what that award means, right? I think that's that's the pinnacle of it, right there. Is just the you know having that moment with your team and whatever that might look like. It's different each year, um, so that's really really awesome. That's a cool story too, because uh, being in DC, it's special. But having your entire team there, after reaching the the top point of what you guys wanted to do for the last four years, I can only imagine. Yeah. Add- special that was. It
1: was pretty fun. And like my parents, so, I mean, it's, it's a close-knit group. So some parents were there and like my parents and my, my brother, um, and we just had a night, like, it was just fun to celebrate. Um, just sort of felt like the cherry on top of what had been an incredible kind of ride.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think you talk a little bit about like that family feeling too. I'm going a little bit off the cusp here, but, um, you know, I think it, Whenever you speak about Princeton, it brings me to me and Stony Brook. Like that's what I just relate it with, and um, I think that was one of the things that, um, you know, was something that immediately clicked when I met you was that you were so still so close with Princeton and all of your teammates, and um, all those memories are still so special in your in your heart. And I think that's something that's going to continue forever for me with Stony Brook as well. Um, so can you talk a little bit about you know your your time at Princeton, your time with Chris Sale, or your time with those teammates who are now lifelong friends, business partners, um, yeah, those moments.
1: Absolutely. I think it, um, I mean, you had, you had it at Stony Brook. There's just, um, something special about, um, the culture, obviously, like it starts with the coaches. Chris is an incredible legend leader. Um, and I had amazing assistant coaches along the way, um, that brought additional, uh, skill and like sort of just flavor to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the environment was just, obviously it's hard to play a sport, uh, in college. And, um, I, I think like having teammates that you could rely on and lean on and and just really have fun with, um, it, it just, we're just bonded. Um, and the culture was one of team. Like there was no, one person was sort of no more important than the group. Um, so we were just kind of like all in it together and, um, you know, as I, as I get farther and farther out from that experience, I appreciate it more and more. Um, and Princeton is, is unique that we've had Chris forever, um, 35 years, I think now. Um, so we're all tied through her. So I have alumni relationships with people that I didn't play with. Um, we're, we're not there at the same time, but we all sort of believe in the program and what it stands for and like are connected that way. We actually just finished. Um, Christy Samaras, one of our favorite humans, um, <laughs> just led us through a six-week tap into the team challenge. So, so um, for the last six Monday nights, um, current and uh, current team and alumni, we all set a goal for ourselves, and every Monday night we'd get on, and she would put us through some quick exercises. Somebody would share, and it was just honestly so fun because um, mm-hmm. Christy's an incredible facilitator. But um, that connection, I think, is really powerful and I'm like so grateful that I have really like dozens of women I can rely on whenever I need something (laughs) I think what's
0: incredible about that you said that was um current players as well as all of the alumni all in one all in one group like that just kind of shows that like full family full circle that's really cool yeah
1: yep it was it was neat to see the current players um because they're going through something that none of us had to go through. I mean, to be being college now, they're obviously not even having a season. So, um it felt good to be kind of like show up for them in a, in the way that we could and then um kind of hear about what they're going through and and just be just supportive if we can because it's it's got to be so difficult. Um for all of the, all of them, those that are enrolled, those that are not enrolled. Um it's just a tough situation obviously.
0: Absolutely. I can, you know, I can only imagine what they're what they're going through having the game that they you know, live and breathe taken away from them, right? No, mm-hmm. yep. um, so that's really awesome that you guys are able to be there for them. Cause I can only assume that they feel as if you guys are still their teammates. Um, and that's what makes it special. I think that's such a cool thing that got me like, I, I don't know. I want to join like,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. It ended. We're like, can we just keep going? I mean, a, a month, <laughs> it was 20 minutes on Monday night, but we all just look forward to that sort of time together and just kind of uh, reminisce and tell stories and just kind of laugh and Um, share some, some shares were really intense and serious, but it it was just a nice, a nice way to uh, be together uh, in the way that we can right now.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I think you you talked on a little bit of this and just how like the locker room there and just the experience, it goes beyond, you know, on the field, it's, it's off the field and it's, and it's lifelong, um, you know, as playing at Princeton. And I think um, what you also mentioned, legendary coach, Chris Saylor, and I've heard some incredible, you know, one-liners from her and I've heard from yourself and and Krista and all the players that have played for her that just how insane of a coach and insane of an impact she can have on your life, like while you're there for four years, yes, and for you as a lacrosse player, yes, but what do you think are some of the things that you took from playing for her, Um, you know, obviously as a lacrosse player, but also into life
1: um, as life lessons? I mean, absolutely. I think one of them is personal responsibility. Um, I think Chris held us accountable um, as people, as teammates, uh, as athletes every day. So um, there were moments when I wasn't pulling my weight or wasn't doing what I needed to do. And like Chris, you know, she she would hold us accountable to that and we would have conversations and she would coach us through it. So, um, and, and she has such incredible like pride for Princeton and the team um so that sort of gets built into us as well and then i think just like she's just an incredibly good human being like she does the right thing um her her coaching was always positive it wasn't about the other team it was about what we can do better um she is the you know i'm very biased but her pregame speeches are incredible um Christy actually made her do one for us at the start of COVID last year Oh God! <laughs> like the first month and she and we it was hilarious she re- recorded Chris like giving it a, a hype up like we, we're gonna get through this Tigers and um <laughs> send it to all of us and there's just something magical about her messaging and her tone and like we would all run through a brick wall for her to this day so I think um like she's really a, a powerful leader um and she just I mean she shows up I, like and, and when I just, when I was thinking about a career switch, like she was on my first calls, like, you know, she's just kind of there. Um, it's just like wise and will help you through whatever you need. So, um, super grateful to have her in my life now. And then
0: that's amazing. I think, uh, you're run through a brick wall quote there. I think Everybody needs someone in their life like that, right? Whether it's a coach or um, it's it's a friend or someone who might be from, especially in like the time that we're living in right now, might be someone that you just follow from a distance, might be some sort of role model, uh, especially for young listeners out there. I think that's important, right? Find somebody who like makes you want to get up out of bed and get on the Peloton first, time, first thing in the morning because you know that they're holding you accountable from a distance away. Um, I think that's really cool. And I think that's important. And I think that shows just how... Um, great and uh important she is to your life even even now even past your playing days so um I I can obviously attest to that too um you know with with my coaching staff as well at Stony Brook so um so talking about yourself as a player right going back to your playing days we have a lot of young listeners a lot of young players um you know what what might you want to tell a young player that's looking to achieve great things might be you know Playing on their varsity team this year might be looking to play division one it might be i want to play for team usa one day i want to be that that team leader i want to be that one that's going to make some noise a young player who's got dreams like that what would you say um it takes to be
1: able to play at that level and be able to succeed at that level yeah. I mean, I think, um, looking back on, on sort of what drove me, um, I think first and foremost, make sure you're doing it for yourself. Um, there's no guarantee. I remember going through the USA trial process and, um, it's super stressful. You're trying out and you're living it right now, right? You try out, um, for one two week event for four years, you spend trying to get on that team and, um, you really have to be motivated like by yourself. Um, if you're doing it for somebody else, uh, Don't (laughs) I think like think about your why and why what makes you want to put the effort in and, and reach those goals. Um and then I would say really focus on um the journey and not necessarily the end the end game because um you know those moments when things are really hard or um you know you have a great game or you have a bad game, like you're building you're, you're building that muscle, that resilience, um, that strength that will carry you through beyond, beyond the cross. So, and obviously it takes a lot of hard work. One of the things that I coach, you know, a rep team now, and, um, I, I really am like, get on the wall, get your reps in. And that's something that I don't, I didn't spend enough time doing. Um, luckily I was a defender and it didn't like, didn't harm me too much but um lacrosse is one of those games like if you go out and shoot 100 shots a day or hit the wall for an hour a day like you absolutely will get better there's no way not to Mm -hmm. um so so much of the skill part of lacrosse is like within your control um and, and that effort will pay off uh in the end for sure
0: Love that. I think that's. I mean, you know me very well, and you've seen me coach a bunch. Um, but stick work is is king. Um, it yep. really. Is. I think just being super comfortable with your stick, no matter what position you play. Um, and I think what you touched on there too. Like, yes, you were a defender, but you were one of the best players to ever play. Team USA, Wharton national championships. Um, just absolute legend as a player. What do you think was like if if a young player that isn't fully defensive minded or isn't fully um, investing themselves on the side of defense. Like what can you say to someone, even just as an athlete, not even a lacrosse player, like what is the importance of playing defense and why do we need to invest ourselves so, so much in it um, as to, in order to make us successful players out there?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, often kids when you say like who wants to play defense and not a lot of hands go up because they feel like there's no, it's just like not as fun or exciting or there's no glory in it. Um, defensive, I mean, honestly, like, even if you want to be an attacker, like becoming a better defender will make you a better attacker. So um, learning both sides of the game uh, is key. And also like in lacrosse, you you know, as an attacker, you're going to need to redefend, like you're going to need to try and get that ball back on the ride. So even if you're like not interested in being a pure defender, um, you'll become a better attacker by learning defense. I also think, um, you know, if for for people that want to play in college and beyond, like having a well-rounded skill set um, is going to make you much more recruitable to coaches. I, you know, I think because there's so many more attackers, you know, you come in with a strong, a midy with strong defensive skills or a defender, um, it just helps your your opportunities um, and allows coaches to see um, like a more round, more well-rounded athlete, um, and they're going to be more likely to kind of want to have you on their team if your um, skill set is more broad.
0: Love it. Love that you put that there. I you, you're putting my um, defensive skills to the test here. That's some, one thing that I'm focused a lot on a lot um, as a strictly an offensive player for most of my life. Uh, I would say these last couple of years have been dedicated to to focusing a little bit more on my defensive side of play, whether it's the ride or even now with the hopeful Olympics in 2028 and the Olympic style rules, everybody's going up and back. Yeah. midfield. it's, it's a new world, and it's something that I wish I, as a younger player, paid a little bit more attention to in my game so that I could not be shell-shocked now when I'm 12 <laughs> years um, But yeah, you're going to have to get out there on the field and give me some private lessons. Um, would, would love to. As long as you teach me the behind the back, I think we can make a deal. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. You know we got that down. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so you mentioned quickly as well, like Team USA, the process behind it. Um, you played... 2005, correct, that World Championship? Um, What was that journey like to get there for you? What part of your lacrosse journey, what part of your lacrosse career were you in? Um, Was it during college, post-college? Do you think, you know, a lot of those different things that a lot of those different factors that go into what it takes to make the US national team?
1: So it was, um, two years post-college. So I was still pretty, uh, sort of in the lacrosse groove. Obviously there was no pro game at that time. I was in the workforce, uh, working a nine to five, um, and training. Um, so it was, um, I think the timing was kind of good in that way. I came in halfway through, um, the 2001, uh, world cup. So I joined developmental team in 2003 and then, um, 2004, and five was on the elite team. Um, it was really grueling, to be honest. We had a, a very senior team that had been together for most of them two, if not three World Cups. Um, so there was like very few spots on the team. Um, and uh, it was hard. I mean, I think, it, unfortunately we, um, and I say this um, because I'm really competitive. Um, we, we won a silver medal, which I should be super proud of, but it feels, um, it felt, feels like a failure because we didn't win the gold and it was at home. Um, So, you know, it was tough. It was a tough experience to not come out with a gold, Um, but you can't put into words um, what it feels like to wear red, white, and blue and stand in Navy Memorial Stadium and hear the national anthem. Like there is no, there is no word that can kind of describe um, the emotion and the gratitude for being able to do that. Obviously the outcome was not ideal, Um, but those moments, I think um, are are truly unbelievable,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it's hard to put into words, right? I think it's a it's a question that we get a lot. What's it mean to to play for team USA or wear that jersey? and it's it's difficult. I think you put it in the best possible way you could. imagine yourself standing in Navy Memorial Stadium, listening to the national anthem with USA across your chest and you're about to play the sport that you love. And that you're so passionate about, and you put blood, sweat, and tears into with the people to the right and to the left of you. Um, like, that's a pretty surreal movie type situation that I don't know about
1: you, just kind of gave me a little
0: bit of chills. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I still think about obviously that game. Um, it wasn't close, to be honest, as Jen Adams did, Jen Adams, and Hannah Nielsen, and Sarah Forbes. It was an incredible, and Sonia LaMonica, it was an incredible Australian team. And then I played for three more years, and then um, I was, I got married two months after the world cup and then my, um, Jason was deployed. Um, and when he came home in 2008, I stopped playing, um, which like the world cup was one year away. So in hindsight, I like, why did I stop? But, um, you know, we had, a, we had Avery in 2009, so I can't really regret it, but, uh, cause obviously <laughs> I wouldn't have her if I kept playing. Um, uh, but. Um, They won in overtime in Prague. I think it was overtime 2009. So I I feel like they kind of redeemed. It was a completely new team. I don't think there was any repeat from the 05 to 09. I think it was a completely new team. So um, I was glad that they rebounded and have won gold since and I have high hopes for 2022 um, as well.
0: Yes, fingers crossed. And I think, um, you know, obviously I love Avery. Um, so I'm glad. <laughs> <that he's around.
1: laughs> Me, too. Me, too.
0: I'm glad it all worked out. And that's, uh-huh. I also think, uh, you know, what you getting to play after that 2005 World Cup, and even though you didn't play in the next one, I'm pretty sure I, I'm very confident in saying that the teammates that you had for those next couple of years while you did play took a lot from you and took a lot you know, from your leadership and from your experiences, from that 05, from the next two years that you did play into that 09 win. So you had, you played a big role in that as well, even if you weren't there. Um, and you play a big role in it now too. You know, just <laughs> I, I can feel it, you know, I can feel it. I don't feel it's, you're playing for not only the people, again, not only the people left and the right of you, but the people who have put on the Jersey before you and, and gotten us to this position um, to be able to, to stand out on, you know, the, the field at U.S. Lacrosse headquarters in Sparks, Maryland, and be able to do what we do at our training weekends. Um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for people like yourself doing what you do to to make that possible. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. My <laughs> honor. Um. So talking about the game a lot. I mean, obviously, live, love, lax. That is our, <laughs> 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 it's our motto. I, I'm going to share a very, uh, very embarrassing fact, actually, that's still one of my um, like old email addresses, great. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like black like seventeen. So it. Lives. Oh <laughs> I might have to like change my Instagram handle or something. Yeah, you should.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing. my god!
0: But uh, <laughs> on the topic, I think it's really incredible that after college and after playing and while playing for Team USA you pursued a career that was outside of lacrosse at first you were in healthcare administration. Um, can you talk about your time there and what kind of made you want it to make the switch back into the lacrosse world?
1: Yep. So I, as I said before, I mean, the pro lacrosse wasn't even a whisper when I played. Um, so that wasn't like playing and I wanted to play for team USA as long as I could. And then I was going to get a job. Um, and I, I always wanted to work with, um, in the senior population. I love, uh, I just think that generation is so incredible and so underserved and underappreciated and always wanted to work with them in some capacity. So um, I went and got a master's in healthcare administration from George Washington and then got my nursing home administrator license. So I did that from 2005 um, until 2017. And I I actually, I loved it. Um, You know, you get to be around, the residents every day um, and interact with them every day uh, which was really special and I learned a lot and got to build a lot of really good um, memories and relationships Um, but it it was pretty tough Um, it's obviously like a pretty taxing career and with the family and um, just it just became it it got to the point where I was sort of just ready to um, Mm -hmm. think about something else and um, create an opportunity where I could be more present for my family and um, just have a little bit more predictability i um, in my schedule and um, I was in New York City helping Christy Samaras launch Brave Enterprises um, doing all sort of the back-end business stuff for her and Michelle DeJulius came up one day for lunch and started to talk about the WPLL and immediately I was like I want to do that with you I want to do this this is incredible like I've got some you know strong business experience now and Um, to create an opportunity for women to play is, is a dream come true. Um, So uh, had, had to have a lot of conversations about it. It was obviously pretty risky um, because I had no, my career was great. Like there was no reason for me to just sort of leave outside of kind of wanting to do this new thing. And, and the other reasons I mentioned. So um, I talked to Chris, obviously talked to my family and kind of made the leap in 2017.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that it can't be easy, especially, you know, being comfortable and being happy in, in a job. Right. Um, and I think what's amazing about that is you took the leap for us, like for us players and for someone that um, got to play themselves, but didn't necessarily have that, like you said, that opportunity to play professionally, which you would have probably if you had the opportunity. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that's amazing. And I think that all of us players are so grateful to you and shell and even krista too for having a great play in like making that happen for us and making Mm -hmm. that because that's a story that i think i tell all the time you know up until my sophomore year of college there was no no professional league either so you you have a dream you want to play division one and you want to win that national championship and then you want to hopefully be able to play with team usa but you guys created this whole other place for us to be and place for us to exist and place for us to prosper and be able to show young girls that it's okay to like, Hey, you can, you can play lacrosse professionally. If you want to, you can play at the highest level amongst sports as a pro. Um, and that's a really cool thing. So another thing that I'm super grateful for Oakley says so too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I think like what, what was, um, when you shifted over, what do you, what were some of the most difficult Kind of moves over. What were some of the most difficult things to to start up the WPL and start from scratch in a sense, right? Um, to be able to to provide those opportunities that I was talking about on a pro level.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, there was a lot of learning, the learnings that needed to be um, like a, things to learn, I should say. So um, because we were essentially a team of of Kate, it was Caitlin Jackson and I and DJ over the top, um, we kind of had to build everything. So from um, every sponsorship. Um, our travel, I mean, venues, travel, budgets, fundraising, um, players. I mean, it was everything um, building it from the ground up. Um, I think the steepest learning curve was probably around like sponsorships. That's not, that's a a skill and it's like, it's very technical and you need to have experience doing it. Um, So I really leaned on, you know, my network of people that had done that before and had expertise or contacts and just jumped two feet in. Like, how can I learn how to do this? Um, how can we get in the room with some of these brands and make pitches on behalf of of the league? and um, when I look back at our first deck, I cringe a little bit because it, it was on like Google slides um, and it wasn't great. By the time we left, we had um, had you know, we had perfected the pitch and had gotten in, in rooms with some big brands and and were you know uh, really working on making an impact. Um, you know obviously, women's sports are not often invested in. Um, they're seen as more of a cause and a cost as opposed to a a business investment. Um, And we couldn't quite shift that narrative um, for the WPLL, but um, I learned a ton uh, about professional sports and how to build a business. And um, I think super grateful for all those um, experiences.
0: Yeah. You know, it's cool about that. You you look back at the first, the first uh, project, right. And then you laugh at it now, but isn't that like, It's a cool moment because you can come full circle and you look back and you're like, wow, this is where I started, but also (laughs) look at where I am now. Um, And where you are now is the PLL Academy, one of the fastest growing sports leagues in literally the world right now, PLL. Um, And I know that, you know, obviously we're very close with a lot of the players and a lot of you administrators in the PLL as well. And we just want really great things to happen for the sport in general. So to be able to see the sport on real live tv channels um, like i think one of the coolest things that i'll kind of connect uh, the pll with in this conversation is um, the first summer that it was what was the first summer of the pll 2019 19 correct yes so 2019 i was you know you know in some random state in some random hotel as usual doing some sort of event and i walked down into the lobby all tired looking for some sort of snack And there was a young kid who was just sitting there with his family and it looked like, like a football game on TV, you know, out of the corner of my eye I look up and it's a PLL game. I'm like, this is cool. You know, like, this is cool. It's on actual broadcast TV where I'm sitting here thinking, oh, it's just another football game. I'm not even going to look up and check it. It's, it's our sport and that's where it should be. Right. And I think that's what the PLL is doing a really great job at, at leading the charge with. Um, So you're the head of the PLL Academy now. What do you think is so special about um, kind of like your role over there, um, the team that you work with over there, your time there uh, with PLL? Um, Yeah, kind of talk on like your favorite moments with them so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, having partnered with them at the WPL, I got a little glimpse into the culture and just the leadership and um, what they were about and and sort of knew um, someday I wanted to work with them for them uh, in some capacity and, um have spent um obviously the last year with the team and it's 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 an it's in a really incredible group um everybody is really good at what they do so um our operations team is world class our graphics team every time they make a graphic my mind is blown and they're probably sick of me being like oh my god that's so amazing how do you do that um because every time it's just it just continues to surprise me how incredible it is um our, our media team i mean it's just like bd like everybody that like every division every vertical is so driven and so talented um and so bought into what we're trying to do um, and when you have a group of people that are talented and focused and driven, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, on the Academy front, you know, it's great because we're, we're connecting with the youth. So, um, we, we are able to kind of help grow the PLL through the Academy, um, which is, is a pretty cool opportunity. Um, and I get to see like kind of what you said when I, we just were at, um, at IMG at Rabel overnight and you see the moment that Paul walks in the room and the response of these kids, I mean, he's their hero. And like, when you see kids have that connection with an athlete and the impact um, that these athletes can have on these kids, it's, it's pretty powerful and humbling that like, we get to help participate, we get to participate in something like that.
0: That's awesome. I mean, that moment can only be, I remember the first time I met Paul Rabel, so um, I can only imagine yeah. like for these young and I was like 21, so um. <laughs> um completely different situation but <laughs> kind of similar so I think uh it's really great what you guys are doing obviously and just getting involved with the PLL Academy and I think a lot of the future of this sport obviously lies in what we're doing now but also in this next generation so um I think it's so important to be obviously investing in the next generation of players um and just people that are going to help grow our sport forward um yep. What was your favorite part? So I think this is really interesting because obviously this past year, like you said, you started in March of last year, so you've been working in mostly, um, you know, virtual with PLL, with the PLL Academy, and um, but you got to go to the bubble. They played yes, in the so bubble last summer in 2020, and it was really awesome to watch from home, especially like you said, just all the social and the vlogs and everything. Like I was following everything because I thought it was so incredible. You felt like you were there.
1: What was it Mm -hmm. like to actually be there? I mean, it was pretty awesome. It was, you know, the players called it adult summer camp. I mean, we all remember like lax camp when you were in in middle school and high school and it was just like snacks, lax, and like games with your friends. And that's basically what it was for the players. Um, You know, obviously it was a ton of work. You know, the months leading up were, I mean, we it was you know, so much work had to be done to keep everybody safe and plan, plan it and um, make sure we had what we needed when we got there. Um, and on site, it was it was pretty brutal in terms of just time. Like we worked long days, um, but it was, the, it was the fun kind of hard. You know, we, um, in between games, there was just so many great moments and um, just so many memories built. I think we had all been quarantined um so to be around people um particularly people that you like and are connected with um felt like such a gift at the time um I had seen nobody but my family for months um so I think we all really appreciated that time together uh, the players were super appreciative we got to watch lacrosse for three weeks I mean that's kind of a dream um and like build yeah build some really great relationships I mean one of my favorite people um I think on earth now is coach Tierney. Um, he was in the bubble with us and we had an ops room. We spent most of our days in and I can't explain to you how hilarious and, and great and amazing he is. He would do, we would have like a stand up every few days in the morning, we'd go to the turf and kind of talk about what we need to get done. And um, he would often sort of lead that. And the coach and him just came out, like he would just get us so fired up. Um and have such words of wisdom and just be um so inspiring and um those moments that were unexpected and just like really amazing, I think um made that that experience really special.
0: That's awesome. I'm you know, I'm gonna forever follow those those vlogs and everything because I think it's it's really great what what the PLL is putting out there. Um, because you see those those moments, right? And I think those moments are really important um to just kind of like the heart of of the organization, the heart of what you see out on the field from the players, which is what these young kids look up to and what, you know, um, we're kind of looking to do as well, especially on the women's side, um, yep. which is what I wanted to talk about next. We have something cool that just came out. I mean, whenever you're listening to this podcast episode right now, it is March 17th, 2021. And on March 8th, International Women's Day, we, you guys launched something called Unleashed women's lacrosse for our listeners who don't know what unleashed is or don't follow unleashed what is that what is unleashed
1: so unleashed um is two things um one it is uh events it is events for girls and women training up oh yes (laughs) i love it i just ordered mine today i love Um, it so so, yeah it's um it's a training opportunities right so we spent in 2020 um we we were able to run some girls events and it's really, it was really important to me to have that off- offering within the PL and create that opportunity. And it went really well. I mean, when you have like the best trainers and coaches and athletes in the world, like girls show up to learn. So um, that's part of it. And then the other part of it, which I'm equally excited about is it's a platform for, for girls in the space um, to learn about themselves, to learn about athletes, um, to support each other and create a place where um, people are sort of uplifted um, and feel part of something um, because I think we're all, you know, we're all connected through lacrosse, but we're all so much more than lacrosse players. And I think um, that storytelling aspect has been missing from from our sport, the women's side particularly. Um, and PLL has done a great job on the men's side, and I'm super excited to have um, athletes involved. Obviously, Katie DeFeo is doing an incredible job. But the graphics team and the social team at PLL has also gotten behind it and really supported it. And I'm just really excited to see um, what we're able to do and the impact we're going to be able to have um, on the women's game with Unleashed.
0: I'm excited too. I think when you guys came to us with with that idea, I mean, it's like you said, it's been missing from the women's game. So I, I can't wait to see what the creative minds at the PLL come up with um, because it's already started. A lot of really cool conversation um and a lot of really cool stuff out there on the media and I think it's what it's only been two weeks so (laughs) um yep excited to see where it goes and I know Katie DeFeo's got some good stuff up her sleeve I might have to have a podcast right
1: you should um you definitely should
0: (laughs) I'm gonna see her this weekend I'll I'll ask her that but that's uh I'm excited I we you know I think the best thing that, um, you know, I think one of my favorite things about you as a person is that you always continue to give back to the women's side of the game. Um, and I think that's really admirable. Um, it's obviously something that I take a lot of pride in myself. Um, but I think it, you, you working in an organization that is for men's professional across and being able to bring women into it and bring the women's side of the game into it in any way you can. I think that's, I mean, incredibly admirable and incredibly respectable. And we really appreciate everything that you do to do that. So I just wanted to, again, I think this is like the 12th time that i think Um <laughs> You're welcome.
1: <laughs> um,
0: okay. So you also mentioned something as well, like, yes, we're lacrosse players. Yes. That's what most of the world that follows us know about us right because that's how they found us that's how, what they relate to us about but we're also people um so can you tell our listeners who Rachel is off the field we know you like Ali Love on Peloton I you love Ali Love four um, children I
1: have and four, an four awesome children an awesome husband um yeah I it's funny um I don't know that my off-field and on-field personalities totally match up um in some ways they do but I'm pretty clumsy um kind of goofy um not always the smoothest person (laughs) um you know when I on the field when I'm down and I think I'm kind of in one mindset and then I'll feel different um I love obviously to spend time with my family um I love to do puzzles uh quarantine is like very much up to my puzzle game I got a giant puzzle table for my birthday so now I can just a table it has it is a table it's it's like just basically a flat table and there's drawers and then you just like put the pieces in the drawer because you, you know, when you do a puzzle and you just like leave it on a table, then you can't use the table. You miss pieces. So, um, not the kids and Jason got me a puzzle table, which is like maybe the nerdiest thing I've ever gotten, but I love it. Um, so now when we do a puzzle, if we're not finished, we just slide it like under the anywhere. It's really like kind of, it's under the chair right now. And then we'll pull it out and do some, do some puzzling. Um, and I love bad television. Like I, that's sort of where I zone out. Like, um, so or I had it? to <laughs> I had to give that up, so oftentimes one of the kids is watching t v with me, so I have to be pretty uh selective but um like when I'm alone, the trashier the better. I'm also kind of obsessed with Hallmark rom-coms. It's really always been a huge. Oh, of course, you have to. I
0: a mean, for me and Luke Hogan, we you have to watch the Hallmark rom-coms. They make
1: you cry every single time. Every time, and Tari and I, Tari, official extra, we have a like we sort of have a running list with each other. um And like Christmas, obviously, it's like 30 days. You can't every night, and I my husband's like like this is the same movie you realize just like different people in a different small town like yes. i'm like i understand but that's i know what to expect like it's comforting they're gonna fall in love and get married and everyone's gonna live happily ever after um
0: have you ever noticed that it's like the 58th minute of every hallmark movie that's like the first time that they kiss
1: no <laughs> but i know there's a formula now, they use, I, clearly. At <laughs> now I will <laughs> um i i really like i can't get enough of it um and netflix jumped in with like the christmas prince i'm oh, all yeah. in on that that was a good um one. such <laughs> a good one um yeah so i love like rom-com um movies and bad television love
0: that okay <laughs> tell us about um all four of your kids if you had to describe them each
1: in one oh goodness Okay um let's start with the twins oh, okay. um a- Annie um we call her she's a bit savage and I mean that in like a really nice way um she is bold she is she owns who she is she does not she's not going to follow anybody she's going to do her thing um and she's very competitive she's probably the most like me um in that way Stella is her twin um who is so silly and so weird in this such a cool way and is really funny and doesn't realize always that she's funny like we'll laugh and be like you're really funny and she thinks like are you laughing at me no we're laughing with you because you're hilarious so um they have a, they have a really great banter going between the two of them because they're so different um Grayson is almost 10 the only boy um almost 10 he's almost 10 he'll be 10 in may um he's like Mr. Sunshine that's the best way to describe him he wakes up happy Um, he's happy to be wherever he is. He's grateful for everything. Like he's the first one to be like, I love you so much. Or thank you so much. Or, um, can we do this together? He's just kind of like a love that way. Um, and he's gotten really into the PLL obviously from me working there, which is fun to kind of have that sort of bond with him. Is he playing? He is playing. He started playing last year. Um, and he loves it. So that feels like a win. Check. uh and then Avery you know Avery Avery is my oldest um she is an old soul she is full of personality um she like she's really sensitive and dialed into like everybody around her so um super empathetic um uh, super emotional in in a loving way um she always has very crazy stories to tell she can turn like the most mundane situation into like a very long hilarious story um and she you know you're the oldest so you kind of know that um big sister mentality she certainly has that as well
0: nice I love it she I remember she would come to a lot of our WPL events and she would always have the best stories and I was like how old are you and you're telling story like this like you need your own talk show like I don't yep. know what I'm doing as a podcast host I think I need Avery to come be my
1: podcast host for me yeah <laughs> that was one of the best parts I, I got to bring her to nearly every event and she loved it i love to have her around the, you know you guys as women and players and she um was happy to kind of join in on the fun as well yeah that
0: was uh you know that's that's really great for her to be able to like see it firsthand um yeah we obviously enjoyed it as players too just being able to hang out with her um mm-hmm. so that's so crazy to hear how old they are and how awesome yep. I knew that already, but um, so okay. Last couple questions, and then we'll finish with a little uh, segment I like to call "quick finishes." You know, go. Okay. Um, but a little bit of inspiration to finish off with. We talked about a lot of your mentors and people in your life who inspire you. Um, you know, from Chris Seller to Chrissy Samaras to um, you know all of your your Princeton teammates that you still consider sisters to your family. Um, what do you think is one piece of advice that has truly just kind of stuck with you uh, that you've taken either from the lacrosse field or from all these experiences into life as Rachel now?
1: Yes. So um, my dad's probably um, I, I, I mentor is the wrong word because he's my dad, but I'm he he's been uh, very close with them, like and bonded through sport, and he's always been he's always like the voice in my head, um, kind of guiding me, um, through decisions and just in general. Um, and he, his favorite thing to say is, is the five P's. So prior preparation prevents poor performance, um, which is pretty technical and like kind of boring, but he's exactly right. Like if you prepare, you're going to do a good job. Um, and then the, yeah, he'll always be like, if something doesn't go well, he'll look at me, it'll be like five P's. I'm like, I know what you mean there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then yeah, thanks dad. I'm almost 40, but thanks for the feedback. Um, and then I think the other one that um, I I don't, uh, you know, I have a hard time subscribing to myself, but I think it's so important for young girls to hear is um, about like your self talk, what you tell yourself about yourself. Um, if you treat yourself like you would treat your best friend, like if you hear yourself saying that, you know, that negative, I can't, I, I'm not good enough, I shouldn't um, if you wouldn't speak that way to your best friend or your sister, like, why would you treat yourself that way? Um, and that's something, obviously I have three girls and, um, that confidence that I'm trying to instill in them will, will carry with them forever. Um, and it's hard to stop that negative voice in your head when you, when you're trying to be better and do better and it can get, um, it can drive you in some ways, but I also think it can be really damaging if you don't um take care of yourself and believe in yourself and I, I think um it's a really clear way to to really stop and say okay if i wouldn't treat somebody i care about like this why would i treat myself like this oakley agrees he
0: agrees this is what i'm saying oh man oh <laughs> Okay, so I love that five piece. first of all. Um, So thank you. Shout out to your dad, please tell him I said thank you because it's one of the ones I just wrote down. Um, Okay, so, and you also just answered the second half of that question as well, things that, hey, Okay. Oh man. Things that you would tell a younger version of Rachel, you know, I think yeah. that's important that self-talk because most of the time we spend, we spend all of our time in our own heads, right? like no matter what. Um, so I think that's really important to treat yourself as if you would treat your best friend. So we have one question from our KO 17 lacrosse family, and that would be what your, um, advice would be on making mistakes and how do you bounce back from mistakes on the field, off the field, just in general, that resilience and what your advice would be for that?
1: Yeah, I think it can be really hard um, because the mistakes you can kind of like, sometimes I do this, if I make a mistake, I just think about it like forever. Um, So a couple of things, one is to let go of it, learn from it, certainly think about what happened, um, but then move on because like lingering and kind of letting yourself wallow in it isn't gonna help. Um, and I think like having, having somebody in your life that you can kind of talk through it with, um, you know, if it's on the field, whether it be a coach or a teammate, or if it's something with a friendship, um, building a support network that you can kind of talk through the mistake with, um, and sort of, you know, having that dialogue helps you kind of unwind the source of it and, and probably, um, minimize it. I think oftentimes when you make a mistake, it's much bigger in your head than it actually is. So having that person to kind of, dialogue with, um, always helps me like, okay, it's not as, it's not as bad as I thought, or, um, you know, it's going to be, and it's going to be okay. I actually, um, and this is another piece of advice that I, my, one of the best bosses I had, um, she had this rule and it, and she was like, you know, when something happens, um, think about how you feel about it in two hours, think about how you feel about it in two days. Think about how you feel about it in two weeks think about how you feel about it in two months like if it doesn't pass the two-week test then just let it go because it, <laughs> it feels like the world is ending right now but in two weeks if this like isn't going to be on your on your radar just move on um and i use that to myself all the time when something happens and you think oh, oh no this is like catastrophic or mm-hmm. you know everything is ruined and i'm like actually in two weeks it's not gonna matter then i can just move on from it and like give yourself permission um to let go and move on I think is really important that's
0: amazing I think a lot of the things that I worry about and even just a lot of people that I talk to too a lot of them wouldn't even pass the the two-hour test <laughs> you know it's is a, true it's crazy how much we stress ourselves out about the things that go on in our day so that's a really cool rule and I'm going to remember that one tomorrow when I start to stress out about something <laughs> That's not going <laughs> to even pass the two minutes. No. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, Rachel said it's not going to matter. And yeah. minutes. let's just time two minutes oh and see. God. if.
1: Yeah. We <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> All right. So we are coming up at the end of our podcast here. Um, we are going to end on a nice little fun note um, called quick finishes. So quick okay. little like first answer that comes to your mind kind of questions, fun ones, and then we'll wrap up. You ready? Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. I mean, any Hallmark rom-com that's set in the winter in a small town. <laughs> I'm good. Well, all of them. Uh, Literally all of them. <laughs> or <laughs> *Still Magnolias if I have to pick. one. That's a good one. Okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> pizza or tacos?
1: Cake, but pizza. <laughs> I'm a sweet tooth, but if I had to pick between pizza and tacos, i say pizza.
0: I I like your answer better. <laughs> that <is> an option.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite number and why? Oh, 25. That's an easy one. Um it became my number in college. It was a, a riff off of my number five in high school. It also happens to be my husband's number. Um, and now all of our kids' numbers. So um it's a nice, nice round number, 25, everything. It's my favorite.
0: I love that your kids wear it too.
1: Yes. Awesome
0: one new thing that you've picked up over the last year in
1: quarantine or in this new world that we live in puzzles oh god <laughs> I mean I picked back up my level of puzzles um we did a lot of walking so I think um mm-hmm. I used to as an athlete think walking like oh why walk um but I spent a lot i spent a lot of time walking in quarantine just as a wellness uh, not necessarily just movement not as an exercise but um, early mornings clear my head get some space um, and I'm still doing it and I really I think it's it's really helped me create some balance and just time um, to myself to kind of get out of um, the chaos that can be life sometimes
0: love it I agree with you sometimes we only think about running right and I think mm-hmm. athletes so being able to slow down and walk uh, it's the best way yep. um, okay favorite place that you've traveled to
1: Oh, okay, so Italy, um, but also Japan, because how could it not be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, we didn't even get to touch on that. Oh, we didn't get in Japan. <laughs> up, but we, for those of you listening, we had to go to Japan together. Rachel was another person that was in Japan who made that Japan trip possible for all of us that I rant and rave about almost every single episode. I've had Murray on here I've had Lauren Lee on here and we just it was just a an incredible what four days in Tokyo and I just I wish we could go back and I hope that we can do something along those lines again real soon so yeah that goes into my next one if you could do a trip like that again
1: where would you go oh I mean it would be hard to not go back to Japan but I think um Australia is on my bucket list and there's a lot of lacks there I also think Africa I I'm so moved by um the things I see from Kenya and Uganda lacrosse and like the purity of the game over there I'd love to have the opportunity to go there and just help spread the game and like teach um teach kids how to play I'm there count me in let's do it (laughs)
0: Love it! I think we'd get the entire Japan trip back on board. So the Japan (laughs) percent. All right. So um, if you didn't play lacrosse, what sport would you want to play?
1: I think basketball. I love NCAA basketball. Um, I think it's very similar to lacrosse, and they're like, I don't have the swagger to play basketball, but I think like a lot of athletes with the most swagger are basketball players.
0: Okay. All right. So you would play basketball to get the swag?
1: Yeah, it might help me. Maybe.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that uh, thought process. That's a good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last two. What is who is one athlete that you admire?
1: Oh, um, there's so many. I think obviously Serena Williams comes to mind first just for her sustained excellence. Um when I was a kid, uh it was it was, you know, there wasn't a lot of women's sports figures. So it was Rebecca Lobo, Cheryl Swoops, um Lisa Leslie. Like those women were um, role models and just like doing, doing it before anybody knew or cared that they were doing it. So I really admire, um, just their pure, like their love of the game and the the purity they brought to it. Awesome.
0: All right. Last but not least one thing on Rachel's bucket list.
1: Oh, this is a good one. I really (laughs) want to get an RV and drive across the country with my family. Um, like spend two weeks just hitting like all fun parts of the country,
0: would go south first, or would you go across the the northern part first, or would you go just straight down the middle?
1: No, I think, um, I think north, but um, the like geek in me would probably do like months of research before we, <laughs> we decided. So, um, I think north, but um, I think it depends on like where my research led me. I just think like I want them to see other parts of the country and world someday, but like. The RV thing just sounds ridiculous and like fun and horrible, but amazing. So I wanted, I, I want to do that with them someday, um, in a few years when everybody's a little older, but that's on the bucket list.
0: I love it. I can't wait to follow that trip on social media.
1: that will be a good one. it
0: <laughs> be so much fun to follow. Um, I love it, but thank you so much for literally everything that you've dropped on us today. Um, all the wisdom, all the little tidbits, all the little five P's. Everything um, that you have that you said today, I mean, I know it personally because I've been lucky enough to have gotten to know you as a person and as a friend and as a um, someone that I've leaned on for a lot of advice in this lacrosse world that we live in. Um, so again, thank you. If I haven't said it yet in this episode, you
1: are <laughs> very welcome. <laughs> My pleasure.
0: <laughs> and, uh, thank you for for being willing to to come on and hang out with Ko Seventeen Lacrosse and and the Dream On and everything that you do to support us. Um, I'm excited for the future of this game. I'm excited for Unleashed. I'm excited for a lot of the things that we'll continue to do together. So hopefully we can get to Australia and Africa and all the places real
1: soon. I'm down, let's do it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody for listening. That was another Dream On episode with Rachel De see you guys ne- I- Whoa. See you guys next time.
1: <laughs> bye. Rachel, bye everyone. See ya.